Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, welcome everybody to the Doctrine Matters podcast, and if you have been with us over the past episode at least, you know that we have started kind of a question and answer type deal where we take some questions that I have personally heard and then we kind of answer those questions. And this week, the question that I received was a really good question, and it's one that's going to cause us all to have to think, especially in this world that we live in right now. When when we look at the world that we live in, we see this country really going uh, the opposite direction of what the Word of God would have us go. We see sexual immorality running rampant. We see all sorts of idolatry. We see so many things. And sadly, what we see happening in this big push for this sexual revolution to take place in this LGBTQ agenda and uh, all of the uh, different, quote-unquote, different um, sexes out there, other than male and female, which, let me just clear that up with you right now, God made male and female in his image. He didn't make any other type of sex, uh, as as many as hundreds and thousands, as some people would like to say, that there are so many different uh, types of people out there. But let me just be clear, there are male and female. That's it. But what we see happening with this sexual revolution that is starting to take place and and this agenda that is starting to be put forth with women being able to uh, or or having to play sports with men who identify as women and our president allowing men who identify as women to be on women's in women team sports and women's sports and things like that. We see this and this big push is coming from the younger generation. Let's think about this for a minute. If you would think about your grandparents, your grandparents lived in a different world than we live in right now. And yes, there was a sexual revolution, I believe it was back in the 60s, 70s. But this that we're seeing now is uh, sexual revolution times 10. Uh, it's, It's a great evil that is in our world right now. Although any sexual immorality is a great evil. We're starting to see this sexual sexual immorality on a greater evil scale, I feel like. And it's a different world than we live in that our grandparents lived in. This is a different world, right? If you think about your grandparents, they probably didn't live in the times that we live in now. They probably didn't deal with the things that we are dealing with here in 2021. Even our parents grew up in a different world than we're living in right now. Even yourself, I'm 37 years old, and I can think back, and I've shared this before on the podcast, but I can think back to a time where I was able to ride my bike all over the neighborhood by myself. I was able to go all the way up toward the main road and go to Southern Video by myself on my bike and rent a a video and bring it back. Yeah, VCR tape. One of those you had to rewind before you took it back. One of those you called the store and said, hey, do you have this? If you don't, can I reserve it? When it's in, call me, and I'll come get it. Yeah, one of those VCRs. 
Who knows what that is anymore? But I could ride my bike all over the place. Me and my friends, we went all over the place and didn't have to worry about anything. We didn't have to worry as much as we do now. And I have not allowed my kids to go in the neighborhood by themselves in the one we live in. And we live in a, a nice neighborhood. We, I don't, I don't, we've never had many problems here in our neighborhood, but yet I, I'm not going to let them just go without me or their mom because it's a different world than even I grew up in. And the question I received, it just hit me like a ton of bricks because it is so real that it's, it, it just slaps you and it makes you step back and think. So we think about all of the things that are taking place right now, the LGBTQ agenda and all of the, 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 the different sexes that are put out there and the men able to go into women's bathrooms, locker rooms, play women's sports, all of those things, the, 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 the stuff that we see happening everywhere. And the question I received was, we are one generation away from Christianity being nothing. Now, we can super spiritualize this question. We can, we can really go to the Bible and say, uh, you know, the church will not be defeated. There will always be a church. And yes, there will always be a church. But let's think about this for a minute. When it, when it, when it was asked, asked to me, I just sat there and said, man, you're right. We're one generation away from Christianity being almost nothing. Think about all of the anti-Christian groups that are out there right now. Think about everything that we're seeing in our world today from all the agendas, the revolutions, everything that's taking place. Everything is anti-God, it's anti-gospel, it's anti-church, unless you give in you step down from biblical principle and biblical morals, and you give in to the government agenda to accept the people and the, the agendas that are happening right in front of us. I've said on this podcast uh, uh, several times that I believe that we're headed to some sort of persecution that is going to be a result of the sexual revolution, that if we don't bow down and cave to the LGBTQ agenda within the church, then we will be held responsible. There would be potential imprisonment, fines, all sorts of things. I believe there's coming a time where pastors are going to have to hand over their sermon notes and, and tell what they're teaching on. And if they teach against homosexuality or anything like that, then it'll be a time of persecution. But this is where we're headed. This is the world that we live in. It's just it's seemingly gotten worse and worse and worse. Now, that's not an eschatology statement, but it's a, a statement that our world is just corrupted. It's fallen. It's total depravity everywhere we look. We see it. It's total corruption. And the corruption seems to be getting greater and greater and greater in nature. And it's just one of those things that I, I dread to see where our world goes when my kids are my age. Uh, we need to be praying that God would send some sort of awakening or a revival across this land to where Christianity comes back to the forefront of all things that we do, not only in America, but here all over the world. God is sovereign and in control over every nation, every, every country, every person in this world he is sovereign over. So we should be praying that God would just sweep this this world with uh, a revival, so to speak. And I'm not talking about one you put on the calendar for every uh, summer and, and fall. I'm talking about one where God, on his timing and in, in his will, 
will change the course of what is happening and what we see here in our world today. But the question, we're just, not really a question, I guess it was more of a statement, but there, it, it was followed up with, aren't we? Um, just one generation away from Christianity being almost nothing, aren't we? And if you think about that, it is a direct result, in my opinion, of fathers not doing what they are called to do in the home, and that is to lead their children, that is to preach the gospel to their wife and to their kids and to lead their homes in family worship and to teach them the word of God, to pour over them the truths of God. And we see a lack of that. We see a lack of fathers stepping up and stepping out to do what they're called to do. We see men in the church that are, are, are just kind of going through the motions. They're there because they have to be. They'd rather be duck hunting on a basketball court, on a football field with their kids or somewhere. They'd rather be anywhere but the church, but they come sometimes, and they're just not engaged. They're there because they have to be. Maybe their wife drug them there. And then they think that that's going to do for the kids when they shove them off to a youth ministry or to a children's ministry, and that's just going to take care of all the problems, and the youth minister and the pastor are just going to do whatever they're supposed to do and make their lives better. But here's the deal. We are not called to, to the pastors and the, uh, the leaders within the church to lead our families. They get them about an hour or two a week. We have them the rest of the time. It is not the pastor's job to pour into your kids, although it is, but it's the, the father's job to do that in the home. It's the men's job to teach and train young men. It's the women's job to teach and train young women. And for whatever reason, we're seeing a, a, a lack of that even within the church. We have programmed our churches to death. We have gotten all sorts of out of whack when it comes to biblical doctrine. That's a bad word in churches today. Theology is a bad word in churches today. Um, all these doctrines that we should be teaching and studying and pouring into the lives of the younger generation— the older generation is too busy fighting about the doctrines of the scriptures and they're fighting about other things or they're just going through the motions and not really caring about the church or the things of God, especially in today's world where everything seems to be going to hell in a handbasket already. It seems like people are just throwing in the towel. But it, this is a time of great need where we don't need to be throwing in any towels. We should be getting after it. We should be linking arms together. We should be pouring the gospel into our younger generation. We should be teaching them hard truths of the scriptures. Here's the deal. When it comes to the Bible, we have uh, we've shoved kids off into a youth ministry and a children's ministry and pumped pizza down their throats until they couldn't see straight and let them play games until somebody got hurt rather than sh teaching them the true word of God the deep doctrines of Scripture, the primary doctrines, the secondary doctrines, the tertiary doctrines. We have removed the Bible and replaced it with pizza when it comes to the younger generation. But Titus, the book of Titus, it tells us when Paul writes to Titus here that the older men should teach and train the younger men. And the same for the older women, they should teach and train the younger women. As a matter of fact, let me read this to you. Coming from Titus chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says, But as for you, 
teach what accords with sound doctrine. That doesn't say shove pizza down everybody's throat just so they'll like you and they'll keep coming back. It says, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Verse 2 says, older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an appoint that an opponent, excuse me, may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Bond servants are to be submissive to their own masters and everything. They are to be well pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, not. Uh, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior. You see here, Paul lays out a clear discipleship plan for us as Christians. Older men in the faith, older men in general, teach and train the young men in the church. Older women likewise, teach and train the younger women in the church. We have got to be pouring in this younger generation or we are going to definitely start to see persecution ramp up against the church because people are not willing to stand and preach the gospel and pour the word of God over the younger generation for whatever reason. But we have to be a people that make a priority out of teaching and training the younger people, the younger generation, because we are a generation away from Christianity being almost extinct. Now, we can know that it is not going to be extinct because we know that the Bible talks about a remnant. And let's think about that for a second. A remnant. God is going to have a remnant, which is a smaller number. When you think about a remnant, I used to work in fabrics. I used to work at a place called the Cotton Bolt for my first job, and we would sell all these big rolls of fabric, and people would come in and get 5, 10, 15, 30, 60, 80 yards of fabric at one time. But when we'd get low on a roll, we'd have about three yards or less. It would be called a remnant, and it would be put on the shelf for sale as a remnant because you could only get so much when you can compare that to these 120, 180 yard rolls of fabric that come in, and then you have a three yard roll that is the remnant. That is the way God is going to be with his church. There's always going to be a remnant. Now, I wonder why it's going to be a small number. And it could be because of the direction we're headed now, where we're anti God, anti gospel, anti Bible, and we are not teaching and training our young generation, and the young generation is taking their sin nature and amplifying it by a thousand and promoting all of these wicked and evil things that fly in the face of God, and we're just sitting back and saying, well, I wonder why this is happening in our country. Well, it's because we, and and not necessarily we as all of us that are listening, but people within the church that claim to be part of the church are not taking their calling to make disciples seriously. They're not calling, they're not 
calling people. They're not sitting down with people and having coffee. They're not even teaching their own children the gospel. They're not pouring the word over their own families, much less somebody else. So we have to first and foremost realize that we are called as believers to make disciples, which means that we should be going out and preaching the gospel. And from that gospel, if someone is saved, then we begin the discipleship process. Unfortunately, the discipleship process has been neglected for so long, and many churches and people that go out witnessing or evangelizing, someone gets saved, and then that person just becomes a number somewhere in somebody's book, and no true discipleship takes place. And those people will eventually fall through the cracks, and you wonder, what happened to them? Well, it's because we're loving the salvation part, but we're missing the discipleship part. So men, I'm urging you, find a younger person, a younger man, a younger boy, um, and I say younger boy, the younger generation as in even younger than younger, <laughs> two generations down. Those children need the gospel. I praise God that we have a, a great group of teachers in our church that are teaching our young children the true word of God. We're not concerned about playing games. We're not concerned about having fun. We're concerned about them learning the Bible at an early age so that they can take these truths of Scripture with them into young adulthood and eventually adulthood. So we make the Bible a priority at our church from the young kids all the way up to the adults. And we have classes that go deeper into the, the scriptures for our adults and kids on Wednesday nights where they're learning deep truth. But we have to be willing and ready to disciple the people that we are around on a daily basis. And yes, Titus, we see it right there in chapter 2. Paul lays out a beautiful plan. Older men teach and train the younger men. Again, older women teach and train the younger women because the next generation needs to hear the gospel. We need to get it out now more than ever. We need to be discipling one another. We need to be placing the word at the center of our worship gatherings. Unfortunately, I was just going through YouTube is just today and watching some worship gatherings from other churches and seeing just how they have uh, taught the Bible, and, and really they were doing certain series and sermon series, which there's nothing wrong with sermon series, but they were doing sermon series about things that that really should be talked about in other venues. Uh, the Word was kind of left as uh, a decorative piece on the table that this guy was teaching from. Never really got into the Word, didn't, didn't go deep, especially into the Word, it didn't teach us anything other than maybe, maybe that relationships are hard is what I took away from that sermon today. But that's the problem in most churches. It's seeking relevance more than obedience. So we can't be a church. We can't be a people that seeks relevance and coolness over obedience and sacrifice because it's going to take sacrifice to train up this younger generation in godliness and holiness. So we have got work to do. We can't just sit back and watch anymore. We're going We're going to still hear ourselves. We're going to hear people around us say, well, what happened? How did we get here? Well, it's because we've never stood up and taught against or tried to do anything against the sin that has been rolling downhill for years and years and years now that we find ourselves facing a an uphill battle when it comes to the things that are happening in our world today, and it is a direct result of us as Christians, 
talking and talk, but failing to walk the walk. So are we a generation away from only seeing a small remnant of people that profess Christ? I believe it, unless we start to change something. And I know only a handful of people are going to listen to this podcast, And uh, but let me tell you something. A handful of people can change the world. Look at the disciples. Look at Paul. Read the book of Acts. They were world shakers. They were disrupting cities for the gospel of Jesus Christ, and people were getting saved. We need to get back to the early church mentality and be world shakers. We need to be disruptors of our cities for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ so that we can see men, women, young men and women, and even children repent of their sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's going to take us to step up, make the word the central thing in our lives, and begin that process of teaching the gospel and then discipling those in our care. And I say in our care, you don't have to be a pastor to have someone in your care. Those of you that are around people every day, you have the opportunity to disciple. Those people are in your care. So let's teach the word. Let's disciple one another. Let's raise up a generation that loves the Lord, that loves his word, and is going to do whatever it takes to continue to preach the true gospel of Jesus Christ and exalt the holy word of God. I hope this has been of some encouragement to you today. I hope that it has kind of gotten you uh, kind of excited and given you a little kickstart because we need to get back to the Word. We need to teach the younger generation who Christ is, what Christ did, and what Christ is going to do, and what God is going to do in His ultimate plan. And it starts with you. It starts with me. So I hope you're challenged. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you're excited. I hope you're ready. Let's go, church. We've got work to do. Until next time, thank you for listening. God bless.